Good morning and welcome to the Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, we celebrate Pau Gasol. And honestly, I'm just going to focus on Pau Gasol because some of the other center stuff was a little frustrating and I just want to be happy about Pau Gasol. I'm going to be happy about Pau Gasol, okay? All right, I feel better now. Pau Gasol announced his retirement from basketball and uh, the basketball world, you know, showed plenty of support and admiration for the career that he had. Specifically, the Lakers uh, showed their amount of support and uh, respect and gratitude for what Pau Gasol was able to do in his time in L.A., and they are going to uh, honor him by retiring his jersey, and it is easily a no-brainer decision. This is not something that anybody, anybody out there can argue against. This is the right call here. Powell's number 16 will be sitting there forever next to Kobe Bryant's number 24. And uh, and, and look, you, you look at, you have Shaq's 34, you have Kobe's 8, you have Kobe's 24, you have Powell's 16, and, uh, you know, th- that... That is why <laughs> those those three guys, those four numbers, uh, are why the Lakers have their last five championships. And it's really great to see a future Hall of Famer and just an absolute incredible human being get honored this way. Uh, there was never really any doubt about it. There was never any real you know, question as to whether or not they were going to. Uh, it was just a matter of when they were going to. Uh, Jeannie Buss said that exactly, saying that it was never a matter of if, it was always a matter of when they would retire Powell's jersey. So uh, we'll see when that actually comes to fruition, what kind of ceremony that'll be. Whenever that happens, I'm telling you guys right now, I'm going to need to stay extra hydrated. In terms of my favorite memory of Pau Gasol, it's a few. It, It really is. But I always think back to a play that he and Kobe made. I believe it was game two of the uh, finals in 2009 against the Orlando Magic where Kobe goes down the lane. Powell sets a screen. Well, Powell first sets a screen for him. Kobe dribbles to his right. Powell hesitates just a little bit so that uh, on his roll so that he and Kobe can be lined up as they go through the key and as Howard Rotates over to stop Kobe. Kobe shovels it over to to Powell. Powell makes an and one. Screams for the heavens above uh, for that play. And then after the game, there's a really cool video of Kobe and Powell talking about the timing of that play. And and it's just incredible. It's great to see the way that those two uh, figured out the game together, learned how to play off of each other, and made each other better. And I thought this this is always the moment that... Is just kind of ingrained in my brain when I look back on the Kobe Powell era. This is always one of the moments, probably the foremost moment that I look back on. But just in general, that was an incredible era of basketball. It was just, just super fun, and 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 the offense that they played was just gorgeous. You had the 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 Powell Bynum high low. You had the Lamar Odom Powell Gasol combination. You had. Uh, Meta World Peace being Meta World Peace. Trevor Rizzo endeared himself to us in that era. And and I think none of that would be possible without the Lakers trading for Pau Gasol. Uh, remember, back then, 
the Lakers, you know, started that season that they traded for Powell. That season started with a trade demand for Kobe. And then after Kobe demands his trade, he goes on Stephen A. Smith's show, tells Stephen A. Smith that he'd be willing to play on Pluto. You had that video in the garage where uh, Powell Gasol, or Kobe uh, says that he wants to trade Andrew Bynum for anything and, and called Andrew Bynum a bum and trashing all of these things because the Lakers weren't going to trade him for Jason Kidd. And then they enter the season, Bynum plays really well, really surprises a whole bunch of people. Um, and, and the Lakers wind up having the number one seed. Then Bynum gets hurt, and you think, well, shit, <laughs> here we go again. Uh, Bynum gets hurt. A few weeks later, a couple weeks later, they trade for Pau Gasol. Pau immediately comes in, and the chemistry with him and Kobe is just immediate. Like in a way that they were able, Kobe and Pau were, able to resuscitate that season and get all the way to the finals where they played against Boston and unfortunately lost, you know, not, not all stories uh, wind up with, with happily ever after and all that stuff, but they lose to Boston and, and the, the seeds, however, are planted in, okay, this is what these guys are capable of. Let's see what this looks like. If Bynum is healthy, let's see what this looks like. If either Trevor Ariza is healthy or they can find a replacement for him. They wind up finding that replacement a couple years later. Ron Artest shows up, helps the Lakers win that championship against uh, Paul Pierce and Kevin Garnett and Rajon Rondo and Ray Allen. And while Doc Rivers loves to say that that, that big three Celtics team never lost a series while all those guys were healthy, well, they would have lost a series with all those guys healthy had the Lakers been healthy two years prior. I will go down to, well, maybe not my last breath. I would hope that I use my breath on something other than, than sports. Um, uh, I would hope that that's how that goes down. But I will fight tooth and nail, and, and, and I will fight anybody who tries to tell me that this isn't true. And it's that if Andrew Bynum is healthy, if Trevor Ariza is healthy, remember Trevor Ariza also broke his foot that year, uh, if those guys are healthy and the Lakers face off against the Boston Celtics in that finals, I think the Lakers take it. I think it's, it's, it's close. Trevor Reza isn't the ideal matchup for Paul Pierce back then because Paul Pierce was so much stronger, but just having two other productive bodies there would have made the Lakers real tough to beat for Boston, uh, even though they were a pretty good team too. So I still say... The Lakers would have three-peated again had Bynum and Ariza been healthy and the Lakers still pull off that trade for Pau Gasol. Uh, but they they still, I think, made the best out of that tough situation. They win the next two championships, and, and now we will look back on Pau Gasol as one of the great Lakers of our lifetime. Before I go, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this because it was kind of newsworthy and it kind of adds to the newsworthiness of this. Just something to keep an eye on. Dave McMenamin said on the low post that he would predict DeAndre Jordan starts opening night for the Lakers uh, at center. Uh, this is interesting here. You, you saw that there have been some of those quotes about, man, DeAndre Jordan's really impressing. you know, And, and I think this is... If you, if you are, like me, staunch in wanting to see Anthony Davis play center and, and start at center in those things, or at least play 
half of his minutes at center. Uh, some of the things that we're seeing, some of these stars are aligning in a way that might make me a little nervous. We'll see. Look, the Lakers play a game tonight by the time you guys are listening to this, and we'll see who all is available and who plays where and who plays with whom. All of that stuff will go a little ways to answer some of these questions, but we're starting to see some of the <laughs> some of the signs that the Lakers might be heading in a direction where Anthony Davis is the starting power forward for the Lakers this season. Add to that Frank Vogel saying that he doesn't want to change up the starting lineup on a night-by-night basis, and that might, <laughs> the confluence of those events, uh, the Lakers potentially starting DeAndre Jordan, and Frank Vogel saying that he doesn't want to switch up the starting lineup based on matchup, which he has shown through action that that is not something that he likes doing. You know, just something to keep an eye on here. As I just said, the Lakers play the Phoenix Suns today. It's it's a very, very early game. There is a WNBA playoff game, so the Lakers and Suns agreed to playing their preseason game a little bit earlier. So that game tips off at 3 o'clock Pacific, uh, 5 o'clock my time. So I'm not complaining because I don't have to stay up really late to watch uh, a Lakers preseason game, but just something that you guys should all be aware of. Uh, Lakers-Suns is going to be really interesting. This is the kind of circumstance where the Lakers might continue to hold some guys out because of how early the game is. You don't want to mess with these guys' clocks this early in the preseason. But depending on how things go, what the Lakers look like, all of that will break that down after the game. And I'll have that ready for you, both in terms of the uh, the Lakers' lowdown and then also in uh, tomorrow's episode of the longer-form podcast that we have airing the following day. Other things to keep an eye out for, the Taco Tuesday guys talked about uh, Anthony Davis and the lack of respect that he got from NBA GMs in their GM poll on NBA.com. Check that out. On the website, you had some great write-ups from uh, our writers there. Jacob Rude wrote up the Lakers retiring Pau Gasol's jersey and why he thought that was the right call. Uh, Nicole Ganglani uh, wrote about Anthony Davis and whether he can recapture some of the greatness that we saw from him, especially in the playoffs from a couple of years ago or a couple of seasons ago. That was still within a year, <laughs> which, which is wild. Uh, and until you know we get the the result from the Phoenix game, we will. Uh, I will. I have a fun guest lined up for you guys on my show tomorrow, and then I will also react to the game after it happens as well. Until then, I'm Anthony Irwin saying have a good one.